Welcome to Voices of Change, a podcast for the Get the Medications Right Institute. We are on the cusp of a new era of specialty medications and gene therapies that will transform care, but we also are seeing tremendous waste. Annually, over $528 billion is wasted and 275,000 lives are lost due to non-optimized medication use. Misuse, overuse, or underuse of medication therapy can lead to treatment failure, a new medical problem, or both. Consider some of these statistics. One in 10 Americans take five or more prescription drugs. More than 75% of all physician office visits result in a prescription for medication. Annually, more than 4 billion prescriptions are filled in U.S. pharmacies. 50 to 75% of patients do not take their medications as directed. But there is good news. There are opportunities to control the loss and waste, whether you are involved in receiving, paying for, or delivering care. Living in a world where patients get the right medications the first time is attainable. That's what we're doing at the Get the Medications Right Institute. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Thomas Matras, the Director of Operations in the Office of Primary Care at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, a GTMRX executive member. The VA has long been a supporter of comprehensive medication management and serves as a great example of how these services can work in the real world, giving us insight and guidance as we push to advance a systematic, team-based approach to medication use at a broader scale. After all, pharmaceuticals are the most common medical intervention, and their potential to both help and harm is enormous. Clinicians frequently change or add medications, not realizing that patients are, in some cases, not taking them as prescribed. And prescribers may not have the full picture, and thus the full risk profile, because they may not be aware of other prescriptions or diagnoses that involve other clinicians. Ensuring that Americans get the most benefit from advances in pharmacology is a critical component of improving our healthcare system. We can optimize patient outcomes by overcoming barriers to safe and more effective medication use at the practice, hospital, and delivery system levels. And that's what you'll hear about on Voices of Change. Here's your host, the executive director and co-founder of the Institute, Katie Capps. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Speaking with us on this episode of Voices of Change is Dr. Thomas Batras. He is the Director of Primary Care Operations in the Office of Primary Care at the Veterans Health Administration. Dr. Matras began his professional career as a traditional primary care inpatient outpatient practitioner in Fort Myers, Florida in 1995. After several years, he became a hospitalist, helping develop the first such program in that area. In 1999, Dr. Matras joined the Fort Myers VA Outpatient Clinic a large multi-specialty clinic that is part of the Bay Pines VA healthcare system, a 1A facility that treats more than 100,000 veterans annually. For the next 15 years, he served as a frontline primary care provider, including an extended period as team lead. Dr. Matras served as the chief medical officer of the Southern CBOC's Bay Pines, prior to accepting the role of Chief of Primary Care at the same facility in 2014, a position he held until accepting his current position in October 2019. Dr. Matras believes strongly in the VA's mission 
and strives to promote personalized, proactive, patient-centered care to veterans in a staff-friendly environment that promotes accountability. The VA is an executive member of the Get the Medications Right Institute, and we are happy to be speaking with Dr. Matras today. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Katie, and um, happy Friday to you. It's it's very nice to be part of your show and to share a little bit of the Veterans Health Administration experience. We are delighted that you've joined us, and we are so appreciative of all of the leadership that we have from the Veterans Health Administration as part of the Get the Medications Right Institute's work. Now, you know, there's a lot of emphasis in the healthcare industry today on the importance of the relationship of trust between primary care physicians and their patients. At the VA, you've really built out this model and you've extended it to patient-aligned care teams or PACs that focus on the needs of the patient from a person-centered point of view. You know, at the Institute, we believe that this is truly personalized medicine. Can you tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing at the VA to promote the whole health approach to care? I mean, what's the general philosophy of practice? So good question, Katie. The Veterans Health Administration, we're America's largest integrated healthcare system, and we provide care at just under 1,300 locations, and that includes 171 medical centers and over 1,100 outpatient sites of care, serving 9 million veterans every year. We adopted a patient-centered medical home model of care roughly 10 years ago, and as you've already stated, we call that the patient-aligned care team, or PACT is the abbreviation for that. We all know that primary care providers are a scarce resource, so comprehensive care needs to be delivered through a multidisciplinary and integrated team to keep up with current and anticipated workload. At VHA, or again, the Veterans Health Administration, you know, we exist to improve the health and well-being of the men and women who serve in our armed forces. So it makes sense to place them at the core of everything we do. Whole Health in the VA prioritizes really what matters most to the veteran. We ask them what matters to you rather than what's the matter with you. And that conversation then becomes more about the patient and not the pathology. Our team then develop care plans based on veteran priorities. And we know that when veterans are involved in setting their own goals, they're more motivated to comply with the care plan. So Whole Health empowers and equips veterans to engage in self-care. It also recognizes that there are social determinants of health, such as economic stability, education, access to health care, housing, you know, uh, good food and clean water, which are not clinical in nature, but all of these can profoundly impact a veteran's ability and willingness to prioritize their medical care. At this time, Whole Health is being rolled out across the enterprise through 18 flagship sites. So that's one in each specific region throughout the enterprise, as well as some non-flagship sites that have decided to be early adopters because they strongly believe in this approach. We have Whole Health Integrated Champions, field implementation teams, and they're multidisciplinary. They're integrated with stakeholders across primary care and mental health supporting the effort. In addition to the traditional medical care, there's an emphasis on well-being, complementary and integrative health activities, 
such as mindfulness exercises, Tai Chi, and health coaching. And we already have evidence from the Whole Health flagship experience that there is a measurable positive impact in a number of areas that include life meaning, purpose, engagement, as well as with decreased perceived stress and decreased opioid use. As important, data also demonstrates that staff who are engaged in whole health experience less burnout, and that's also very important. And we receive veteran feedback through a number of sources that includes the White House VA hotline, digital veteran signal surveys, there's 160 community veterans engagement boards across the country. So the veterans' voice and their recommendations are helping us shape VA's future. Currently, trust scores indicate 90% of randomly surveyed veterans trust VA for their health care needs, and we look to improve on that number. Wow. I mean, the VA is such a trailblazer on so many fronts, and we certainly know in the work of the Get the Medications Right Institute how innovative you've been in the area of appropriate use of medications. So when you think about managing patients with multiple chronic conditions, you know, those who may be seeing other specialists or a number of doctors, often on multiple medications, how do you coordinate their care to ensure that they are on the right medications? And in what way does the VA use a clinical pharmacist practitioner in the management of those more complex patients? So, yeah, there's several points I'd like to make here. Our veterans receive care directly from the VA through care authorized by the VA in the community or through care that's self-directed, meaning they seek care outside the VA in the community. Within, again, the patient-aligned care teams, we have an RN care coordinator, and much of their responsibilities revolve around, you know, sharing records between these groups And that's with or without assistance from our community care staff who also assist in linking up authorized care. Our medical record system incorporates VA and authorized community care medications in a common medication list, and that's accessible by members of the team. With respect to self-directed care in the community, it's the expectation that veterans provide records for any significant care they receive outside of VA. We have licensed Practical nurses remind our veterans about bringing medical records during pre-appointment phone calls. And this is also addressed with veterans ad hoc, meaning if, if we have discussions and determine that records are required. Every clinical encounter we perform involves a medication reconciliation process, and that validates medications that the veteran's receiving both inside and external to the VA. So we embrace comprehensive medication management as a veteran-centered process to ensure medications are personalized so that they can achieve maximum benefit while eliminating any negative events. Our clinical pharmacy practitioners are team members who provide this type of management to our veterans, and their role within PACT, and again, that's the patient-aligned care team, as the medication expert on the team really is important. Multiple studies have shown that when that role is optimized, The access improves for the entire team, quality of care increases, and provider satisfaction is improved. Clinical pharmacy practitioners, they are able to use population management tools to identify outliers 
in many areas, including diabetes, blood pressure, hypercholesterolemia, thyroid disorders, and they're able to engage with veterans to manage their medication needs without the need for an order or a consult from the provider. Whenever there's conflict or questions regarding the treatments they're providing, the clinical pharmacy practitioner can reach out to the physician for input. It's team-based care. So communication is probably one of the most important areas to team-based care. It's important that whenever you reach an area where clarification is necessary, the team gets together and has a discussion, or at least the people who are involved have that discussion. So we're also developing a care coordination and intensive care management framework to address processes, tools to further integrate communication, collaboration, and coordination across services and programs. According to a recent survey of healthcare experiences of patients, and and the acronym for that is SHEP, according to those scores, one of the top three national concerns voiced by veterans is care coordination. So the effort that I mentioned builds that framework that will promote innovations and improve integration in the field across primary care, mental health, emergent care, specialty care, residential care, any transition in care management, home care, anything involving that veteran. The Care Coordination and Intensive Case Management is a national program, and it will align under the newly established patient care services, and there'll be a continued strong partnership with our social workers. This alignment supports consistency with messaging, policy requirements, and expectations for provision of care. I think that's terrific, and I think certainly care coordination is so important. I know the VA has done a lot of work on coordinating the coordinators, and you certainly have been a, a real strong beacon in, in that regard as well. There's so many areas, I think, that the VA has, has been innovative in and teach the private sector a lot in the work that you're doing. As mentioned, the VA has long been a supporter of the work of the GTMRX Institute, offering time and leadership to several of our efforts. As a nonprofit, GTMRX relies on financial support from those who share our mission and vision. We would like to thank those organizations who have already pledged their support to our work. These organizations include our founding funders, the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, Johnson & Johnson, and the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, Our executive members, California Chronic Care Coalition, Kaiser Permanente, Tabula Rasa Healthcare, and the Department of Veterans Affairs, and our strategic partners, the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy, AbbVie, Amgen, Breast Cancer Index, Genentech, Kimber Booth, LabCorp, the National Alliance of Healthcare Purchaser Coalitions, OneOM, the Journal of Precision Medicine, the Teachers Retirement System of Kentucky, Cleveland Clinic, Coalition of State Rheumatology Organizations, Curator, Genomind, Association for Accessible Medicines, Avira, the College of Psychiatric and Neurologic Pharmacists, the Partners in Care Foundation, and MPRX. Their support is crucial to advancing the work of the Institute. Now, back to the show. Now, in primary care at the VA, the work is centered around a team-based approach to care, and you've mentioned that and expanded on that a bit with the patient-aligned care teams and the work that's being done and the importance and value of 
not only communication across that team, but coordination of care. Can you share with us a couple of examples uh, or success stories that would not have occurred had you not had access to that interprofessional team? Yeah, there's many, and I'm going to share a few of them with you now. So this one's a little awkward because as a physician, and I'm a little humbled to admit this, my experience has been that clinical pharmacy practitioners not only offload complex medication management for the conditions I mentioned, they also usually get better outcomes than I do in those areas. And I presume this is due to their ability to focus on specific disease states and not have to address all the other aspects of care that usually are addressed in a primary care visit. But whatever it is, it certainly works. There was a study done from one of our high-functioning primary care sites in Madison, Wisconsin, and it showed that 27% of patients on a primary care provider schedule could be offloaded to the clinical pharmacy practitioner for issues related to comprehensive medication management. And if you think about that, when a patient is moved to work with the clinical pharmacy practitioner, that opens up opportunities for the primary care provider to provide care that really only they're trained and able to provide. It increases access for more complex care. So this effort supports our goal to see every new patient within primary care within 20 days, as well as open up access for established patients. And lastly, we know that uh, primary Provider burnout is something we're all dealing with, and this was in existence prior to the pandemic, but that certainly hasn't helped matters. And there was a study performed in the VA, and I believe it was documented in your own evidence document showing that 93% of physicians and nurse practitioners believe that comprehensive medication management by a clinical pharmacist improved their job satisfaction. So all of that surrounds team care. Another example I'd like to share has to do with our intermediate care technician staff position. So this is a position that is new within VHA and essentially uses former military medics and corpsmen as provider extenders, having them act in an advanced technician role. And they're performing this role in primary care, in intensive care units, and in emergency departments across the country. In one pilot, the ICT screens patients who come to the emergency department for geriatric syndrome. And if they end up screening positive, they assist that veteran and their family with coordinating follow-up through virtual or actual in-home visits with that veteran to ensure they receive any necessary care, resources, and support after they're discharged. Recently, one of the ICTs was performing a home visit, and they discovered that a personal emergency notification device was not functioning properly. So he addressed this with the vendor, and they determined that the device was only compatible with 3G networks, and that that area had recently been upgraded to 5G. So the ICT worked with the vendor to upgrade the device for 5G connectivity, this finding was then reported as a VHA safety issue, and since, since then, more than 900 other veterans have received similar device upgrades, and more are expected in the near future. So again, having a broad team engaged with the veteran has significant advantage. The last example I'd like to share with you has to do with pain management. So at VA, we support step care for pain management. So that's through complementary and integrative health modalities, physical therapy, battlefield acupuncture, whole health, 
behavioral health, education to the veteran peers, working with veterans, medications for opioid use disorder, a number of fronts. And so in addition to our traditional PAC team members, we have pain champions, pain points of contact. We have coordinators and academic detailers all supporting providing us data and ensuring that our performance is at levels that don't impair patient safety. So in a little over more than the the past eight years, here's what we've seen through all those efforts. A 61% reduction in dispensed opioids, a 63% reduction in long-term opioid therapy, 87% reduction in veterans receiving the combination of an opioid plus a benzodiazepine, and a 77% reduction in veterans uh, receiving more than 90 morphine equivalent daily doses. So these are all possible because we have a team approach to care. Everyone brings their expertise to the table and engages with each other and the veteran, and we see profound results. I think that's terrific. And I think what you're also seeing is is, uh, the amplifying effect of a team. And as what you said earlier, the focus on the patient from a person-centered standpoint and and starting with that question, you know, what matters to the patient and what's important to the patient. Now, outside of the VA, you know, we are moving to encourage the private sector to optimize medication use through comprehensive medication management and practice. And I know the Veterans Health Administration has been doing this for many years, and we have much to learn from your work. We're also encouraging physicians to work collaboratively or in collaborative practice with the clinical pharmacist to ensure appropriate use of medications and gene therapies. What do you see as a physician to be some of the pushback or resistance from physician toward this approach? I mean, you are on the, to a large degree on the other end of this from an implementation standpoint. We're just at the beginning of this in the private sector. How can we overcome the resistance and what are the three key areas of resistance that you, that you normally see? So, you know, that's an excellent question. And back in the day, so I, the first five years of my career were spent in the private sector and more of a physician centered practice. And what I recall from them is that, you know, all of us were, and many still are fiercely independent and don't want anyone showing up on our turf. And I think it's because we don't have the experience of working in an integrated team where everyone is trained and functioning appropriately. And there's a fear that will bring harm to a patient. And I think that's a healthy fear. But my current experience is that the new generation of physicians is more accepting of team care. And as are those experienced physicians where it's implemented properly. So again, I was one of those skeptics, but after witnessing the benefit to veterans, my team, and the organization, I now am a strong advocate for this type of approach. The team collectively ensures that a veteran receives the right care by the right team member at the right time. And comprehensive medication management leverages essentially a pharmacist expert who's able to perform medication management for specific health conditions, to ensure prescriptions are justified, that they don't conflict with any other medicines in the regimen, that prescriptions are preferred and on our formulary, and we support veteran understanding and compliance with their medicines. So 
often as, as a uh, primary care leader within VHA, I tell local leadership that creating a culture of team-based care is one of the most important things they do. And when they're able to achieve that, you know, as an organization, we don't need to market our model or sell it to new providers. They immediately see and understand that this is how we do business and that it ultimately is for the benefit of the veteran. So it's not about really who is providing the care, but that the veteran is getting the care that they need from a team member who's best suited to provide that care. And when you have multiple multiple people working with you that can serve in those roles. It only expands your um, access and your abilities. I think those are all very good points. Now, we recently conducted a poll and found that 50% of those that we surveyed, including healthcare providers and hospital and health system executives, payers, advocacy groups, and academics, said that the lack of communication between prescribers physicians or nurse practitioners, specialists, et cetera, and pharmacists was the biggest issue in medication management. And that that was a, they recognized that to be an issue over cost of medications. At the VA, you have really streamlined your communications between the various points of contact in your health network. How do we take a similar information structure and communication flow approach and incorporate it into the private sector and the non-closed systems of care. Yeah, so just to go on the record, my children refer to me as a technical Neanderthal. (laughs) But I, I only say that to give hope for the people who haven't yet found a way to adopt because through that, I've still been able to have excellent communication with my team, either through daily huddles which can be face-to-face or virtual, or just through instant messaging or calling each other on the phone or sending messages through our medical record system. So there's hope for those who struggle with technology. But the reality of it is, is that primary care does not have the luxury of maintaining the status quo regarding provider versus team-centered care. Projections are clear that the provider deficit is only going to increase going forward And that means that we need to develop alternate ways to provide care outside of a physician-centered model. Anyone who's an early adopter is going to have an edge because working as a team offloads the provider, again, freeing them up to do what they're only qualified to do and taking care of the sickest patients or, in our case, veterans. So communication systems already exist to manage information flow, and organizations are going to need to adapt modalities and processes locally to meet whatever need there is, depending on the circumstance. And there are many circumstances. So again, my expertise is not in communications, but the VA found a way to make this work, and it works for me, and it works for the vast majority of the people I work with, and the majority of us don't have special training in communications. Well, I think, again, it's a, it's another example of much to be learned from the VA health system. You know, at the Institute, we are currently developing a physician change package that includes a set of physician-focused tools, both to transform practice and change the way medication is managed. 
And that those tools include use cases, infographics, and other resources that we hope will be beneficial as physicians begin implementing uh, comprehensive medication management in their own practices. Here, Katie mentions a forthcoming physician change package. This toolkit will be released later this year as a guide map for physicians seeking to better understand the process of comprehensive medication management and how to implement it into their own practices. Keep an eye out for it in the coming months. From your standpoint, what's the number one thing that you think practicing physicians should know about pharmacist-led comprehensive medication management services, where the clinical pharmacist is working in collaborative practice with the physician, that'll pique their interest and really encourage them to incorporate these services into their own practices, regardless of the setting. You know, whether it's in the, the hospital setting, the primary care practice as a specialist or through a community health center. So in my mind, this is critical and it's just a way of rethinking maybe what we've considered a norm in the past that, that it's changed. You know, for my lifetime, we've already relied on specialists to manage many aspects, aspects of patient care. And the clinical pharmacy practitioner is really a medication specialist and they're an essential member of your team. When you're looking to provide an excellent standard of care and you want it to be cost effective, that it promotes compliance, you know, these are your colleagues who are going to pull all of this together. So at some point, no matter what you believe, you have to take a leap. And then you verify through your experience and through reviewing outcomes and regular communication. And that ultimately builds trust. So we are the largest managed healthcare system in North America. Our access, our veteran experience, and our outcomes, all those scores surpass national averages. And we know that team care, especially by including the clinical pharmacy practitioner role and, and medication management, is, are major reasons why. So build this capacity within the role, devote time for patient engagement, and have the experience to manage complex medical regimens, you know, that's what they do. And that all directly supports these efforts and makes us successful. So, you know, my recommendation is do a little research, take the leap, and then validate your experience. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think those are terrific points. And I think you have certainly illuminated the reasons why, both from a from a primary care physician standpoint and as it relates to a person-centered approach to, to care in general. Well, I want to thank you again. Thank you very much, Dr. Matras, for taking the time out to speak with us today. And thank you for offering your insight and perspectives. And also a big thank you for supporting the important work of the Get the Medications Right Institute. Thank you, Katie. And it's been a pleasure to be on the call. And, you know, our taxpayers pay for everything that we've learned through VHA. And it's an honor to share with others what we've learned because we know it works. So hopefully these are points of emphasis that you can take and use and make care better, not just for our veterans, but for everyone who's yet to serve. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as the daughter of a veteran, I am pleased to say that the innovative work that you are doing at the Veterans Health Administration is benefiting many. That marks the end of this episode of Voices of Change. 
Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. To learn more about the work of the Institute and to see our Physician Toolkit when it's released later this year, please visit us at www.gtmr.org. Until next time, be well.